that person in your life or, or you or whoever it is, they have to want it or figure out that they want it. Luckily, like I said, I had that desperation of nowhere else to go. That guiding light provided me a safe environment for me to give sobriety a fair chance. Hi and welcome. It's another episode of Casting Light, stories of recovery and hope that happen right here inside Guiding Light in downtown Grand Rapids. You can learn more about the programs here at guidinglightworks.org, guidinglightworks.org. I'm Phil Tower. I'm with you in every one of these episodes. It's always an honor and a pleasure to bring you these real stories of recovery and hope. And as we have ushered in a new year, we are reflective of the past. It's important we remember the past. We don't dwell on it, but we celebrate the fact that there were a lot of stories of recovery we shared in 2021 and in 2022. We hope that with your generosity, we will continue to be able to provide a safe place for men to find their hope and healing and restore their lives and renew their faith as they go through recovery here at Guiding Light. Your gifts, your generous support of Guiding Light, give men a safe and supportive space to continue their journey and realize their God-given potential. We, uh, or most would appreciate, rather, your support by sharing this podcast with a friend, giving us a review, and letting others know about Casting Light. I am here in this episode with Andy Bob. Andy Bob is a recovery client here who went through the doors at Guiding Light nearly three years ago, and uh, everybody's story is different. First of all, Andy, Bob, thank you for being here. Congratulations, by the way, on being newly married. Thank you so much. You're yeah. wearing that honeymoon glow, so yeah. that, that's, <laughs> that's a good thing. Hey, take us back. I understood uh, before we turn on the microphones and started recording this episode that you are about to celebrate three years of sobriety, which is fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Take us back to before you came here to Gutting Light. Where were you? Were you in West Michigan? Uh, yeah. So uh, I've pretty much been here my whole life in West Michigan. Ever since I really started drinking or using, you know, in college and whatnot, I kind of always knew that I that I thought about it differently or thought about it more than other people. And then slowly throughout the years, it just kept manifesting itself more and more. Uh, I got divorced a few years back and uh, kind of went off the rails a little bit there without um, without really any responsibility around me um, as far as a wife and a kid and stuff then. So I uh, mm-hmm. kind of went off the rails, uh, was uh, you know drinking and using every single day. And then the final straw would be December of 2018. I got fired from a job for drinking on the job, uh, stealing. Um, uh, my parents who have been very supportive and great with me the whole time and showed some tough love, but this time they really showed some tough love and were like, listen, we, we can't have you around here anymore. You can't, we don't want you here for the holidays. Uh, it's just, you're, you're, you're killing me and your mom is what my dad said. And that was, Mm -hmm. that was the hardest thing to really hear and accept um, was that rock bottom for you? Yeah, that was that was the point where I was like, "Oh crap, this is this is real." Like, uh, it's time to 
time to take a deeper look at myself and figure yeah. out what I'm going to do here. Um, so it's 2018. You're a young, good-looking guy. How yeah. Old, how old were you then? Uh, so I'm 39 now. I was 36 then. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, and you know what? It takes some people, Andy Bob, until they're 56 to realize that. So I guess that's a good thing, but that's a harsh reality to face. So... You're 36, you're at a low point, your parents don't even want you around for the holidays. How do you end up at Guiding Light? So I was getting kicked out of my apartment because I couldn't pay rent because I had just lost my job. Um, at that point, to be honest, I knew I needed to do something, but I, I was still in that kind of denial phase where I didn't want to blame, despite the obvious uh, examples in my life, I still didn't want to blame alcohol or drugs for my for my current state of life or state of being. Um, my mom had a friend of her son go through this program and heard good things about it. So she just kept kind of pushing it a little here and a little there. Um, so finally when I um, like couldn't stay at my apartment one more day, that day I came down here mm -hmm. and um, just because I, I, I was homeless, I, I had nowhere to go. Um, so that, it was that rock bottom, that desperation that at least brought me here. Yeah. And immediately when I got here, I just felt like, um, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this my all because it'll go two ways. Either it'll work out, I'll get sober and things will get better, or I give it my all and things don't get better. And then I can say to everybody, see, I told you so. Yeah. So like I still had that messed up thinking in my mind yeah. that either way I was going to win yeah. um, or like losing, right, right. I would still win. I'm going to point my finger <laughs> at Guiding Light and yeah. say they're, they're the reason I'm still an addict. Yeah. And that's pretty interesting. And this is not an easy place to get accepted to, through, uh, into. No. Uh, they make you go through some hoops. Well, there's a story with that too. I okay. actually, um, so... I came in on a on a Wednesday. I had a court thing to go to to get settled before I could get introduced, you know, fully into the program. And, uh, when I got that settled on that Friday, they said come on in on Monday. Well, Sunday night goes and I, I drink and I thought I, you know, had a couple and I had way more than a couple. And so I come in here and I blow number. Uh, I blow numbers the first time I come in here and they send me away. Um, Andrew, who was the intake manager at that time, said, give me a call in a few days if you're still, if you're sober, if you really want this. And I called him every day for like the next five days. And finally, they let me come back a week later. Um, and yeah, it let me in. So I don't even know if I ever told my parents that still that I got, <laughs> that I almost blew it from the beginning. But uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, you didn't give up. No. I mean, you got to give yourself credit for that. You didn't give up. Because it would have been easy. But, I, I mean, there's this, you know, Andy, Bob, they say fear is an incredible motivator. Sometimes it will consume you like you're drowning in it. But at, at a lot of times it will cause you to do the thing you didn't want to do. And right. I wouldn't want to be homeless. I wouldn't want to be homeless. No job. You don't even have money to buy booze or drugs with. So, right. I mean, you, you get to that point. But... Now you're accepted in the program, the recovery program that's so powerful here at Guiding Light. Walk us, walk me and our listeners through those first couple of days and weeks. I mean, what was that like for you to, to be here? Probably unlike anything you'd been a part of before, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. So uh, 
the first couple of days you're still like, um, what did I get myself into? Um, is this the right thing? Do I really need this? I mean, you're trying to give yourself any out that you can. But luckily, like I said, I, I had no other options. I had nowhere to go. So once I accepted that fact, I decided to really go full in. And because uh, I've done some mental health things in the past and kind of half have, you know, half asked them or, you know, yeah. gave a little bit of information, but not enough. But what I really found out really within the first two weeks is how much I missed people. For so long there, I was so isolated, and that's just not me. So even just having this community that you live with, these guys, I mean, right away I clicked with a bunch of people and, you know, kind of made it my own or made it fun, and uh, and we made it our own group. And our group, I think because of that togetherness, uh, has a lot of combined sobriety through it. Which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. So I have, I have friends for life, for life with everything. Like you said, I... I got married a couple months ago, and Brian, who's the the director here, uh, actually officiated my wedding. So, I mean, I have people in my life forever, mentors, you know, just friends, people in my life. If you're going to have somebody officiate a wedding, Brian Elvey's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, yeah. No, he looked the part for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll bet. I I, I don't get to see Brian cleaned up uh, that much, but uh, that's pretty... He did well. That's pretty impressive. Andy Bob is with us in this episode of Casting Light as we're going through his story of recovery, a real life story with a good ending and nearly three years of sobriety. I want to ask you, at what point in Guiding Light did you, maybe your mom and dad, kind of understand that something different is happening this time with Andy Bob? About a month and a half in, I saw my parents for the first time, and they they physically looked better like they looked better because they weren't consistently constantly worried about me or sleepless nights or like a, any parent would do with any child no matter the age you still worry about them um yeah so that was really even more motivation to keep this thing going but they were still cautious like everybody was still cautious uh they've seen me play the game for a few months before and whatnot but they could tell just by talking to me and I could tell by the way I was talking or the way I was processing things that I wasn't so full of crap anymore. Mm. Um, it was coming from a more of a place of honesty rather than trying to make an angle or play a game or somebody. Um, about two months in, I really felt that, that honesty within me, like, I, oh, this is something I really want or I said I'm going to do that and I actually do it or I'm doing that because... I want to, or that's what I feel rather than the shoulds. I had a lot of shoulds that were running my life and then creating resentments and stuff like that. It's got to be incredibly motivational though. When you see your parents a month and a half in and that look that they don't have that look of fear and, and doubt or concern and worry, everything that parents have. Yeah. And I know I have two young boys in my life. And on the other hand, you see, hope that probably I, I gotta believe inspired you too yeah so I took that moment to uh, you know I didn't want to beat myself up because it, it was it was hard-hitting to really see you know you know that you're affecting them but to see the difference when you're not such a drain on them was pretty powerful so you know I let that soak in a little bit and it when it was just yeah more motivation to keep this thing going and then as you go through this program and you're a couple few months in, then you got, I mean, you got new guys come in and all the time 
and you remember how you looked up to the people that were two, three months in when you first started and you want to kind of be that example and stuff like that. And you just keep that going, whether it's inside these walls or when you move to Iron House and you want to be an inspiration to these guys here or, or an example of what can be and whatnot. And I just want to keep that going. That's why anybody that asks or even if they don't ask, I'm not afraid to tell my story or to anybody. Um, by doing that, both on social media and in person, I've gotten such great response from so many people, whether they were struggling themselves or know somebody or just in general that, you know, try to erase some of this stigma that it's just uh, addicts or alcoholics don't want to get, you know, don't want to get better or, or this or that. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and I love hearing that because, first of all, you're good. You're good at this. You're good at explaining this. And it's very clear that you feel lucky, you feel fortunate, you feel blessed, whatever words you want to describe. And I'm glad you're sharing that because the interesting thing, Andy, Bob, about this podcast is we have no idea who's listening to it. It's not like we're doing this in front of a live audience, thankfully, probably for (laughs) us. Uh, Yet at the same time, you could be inspiring somebody right now, and that's pretty amazing. So I'm glad to hear you're, you know, you're doing that on social media. It takes a lot of courage to do that. There are a lot of people who are sober, who have gone through addiction and, and recovery, and just want to kind of be quiet about that. Not that they're unwilling to talk about it, but they want to be quiet about that. But you have a gift for talking about it, so I, I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, well, it's I, a little bit of fluff for me, too. Like I feel like... Um I'm always one to prop myself up or whatever. I might as well tell people how great I'm doing. And then, and then if, they, if they use that for inspiration too, like, uh, then that's great, you know? Yeah. Well, be humble around your wife. Yeah. Let, yeah, me, let me just say that from, from firsthand. I think that's why she loves me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course that's why she loves you. Andy Bob is with us on Casting Light. I want to ask you, for that person listening right now who's like your parents were before you went through recovery here, just full and wrecked with anguish and maybe losing hope. And they've got an, they've got an Andy Bob in their family. I, I want to know what you would say to them to encourage them. So encouraging slash whatever you want to call it, it is frustrating. I'm sure just like it was for my parents and everybody is that person in your life or, or you or whoever it is, they have to want it or figure out that they want it. Luckily, like I said, I had that desperation of nowhere else to go that Guiding Light provided me a safe environment for me to give sobriety a fair chance. Before that, I would be sober for a few days and be like, oh, I don't feel amazing now. Well, this place bought me that time in here to give sobriety a chance. Once I could get that fixation out of my mind after the first however long that takes, then I can start working on myself. So you can push, you can, I mean, my mom would just lay out pamphlets for me and stuff like that, but addicts and alcoholics are are a stubborn bunch, so it's got to be up to them. Be supportive for the right things. Don't be um, too accommodating or or something like that, but just uh, if somebody says they want it, be willing to to do whatever to help them get the help, and then maybe step back because they have to prove it to you too. That's one thing that I've seen with uh, with new guys while I was here or, you know, and things like that. I can't imagine how some of these coaches deal with some of that frustration with uh, mm-hmm. people that say they want want this or whatever, but aren't willing to put in the work or really give it 
the go um, because I would get frustrated with that quickly. And I did, and I voiced my opinion very often in, in house meetings and everything like that. Yeah, but that band of brothers was just like you said. Exactly. That was one of those real difference makers. Exactly. For you here, which is so cool, which is something you don't get. And you were very wise to realize that isolation for Andy Bob was not a cool thing. Right. It was not a good thing. Right. I've heard, you know, heard from my whole family and so many people, uh, best friends and stuff that I've had for years is, is they got their they got their friend back. They got their son back. They got their you know nephew back um, because for so long there, you know, 10 years of my life or whatever, I was just a shell of myself. And now it's cool because I, I feel that same way, too. I feel like I'm living up to my potential or I, I'm giving my child's chance, myself the best chance to do that. And you're doing it well. Man, I have been so impressed by your story. And I'm pretty sure those listening to this podcast will be as well. Thank you for sharing this. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You are another story of the proof of the powerful recovery program here at Guiding Light. We are in a new year. And as we wrap us, wrap up episode 23, I want to remind you, you can make resolutions in a new year, yet most of them by the time you get to end of February, early March, um, maybe have failed. But most importantly, you can resolve to support the stories of recovery here, the real life stories, the impactful stories that Andy Bob just told that... Um, you can't tell them any better than that. And as we welcome this new year, we ask that you will resolve to support the ministry here at Guiding Light. Through your generosity, Guiding Light is able to provide a safe and successful place for these men to put their lives back together, to find hope and healing, to restore their lives, and to renew their faith. Your gift to Guiding Light, you can donate securely at guidinglightworks.org, gives these men a safe and supportive space. That camaraderie, those band of brothers, as Andy Bob mentioned, it allows them to realize their potential and to come out on the other side a changed man, as you heard. We thank you for listening to this episode of Casting Light. Most importantly, if you like our podcast, tell a friend. Subscribe, share, or write a review for us, and with your help, we can grow this audience, attract more listeners, and bring more supporters into the fold, which is really what this is all about because the price that Andy Bob paid and every one of these people who have gone through recovery, the price was zero thanks to your support. So on behalf of this podcast ministry, I want to say thank you to you, our listener. Thank you again to Treadstone Funding for underwriting this episode of Casting Light. Until the next time, I'm Phil Tower. Thank you for listening.